chaos is everywhere. I went to do like the notification. I clicked the notification and then it didn't show the new one. It showed all the old ones like you missed a recording and two months ago. I was like, no, I don't want that one. And then like, usually it's like instantaneous. But when I clicked on it, it was like recording. And then it was like, uh, like in between screen. So I don't know if like they're like updating stuff or like. (laughs) That's very probably. At least you're here. We're recording. So I think we're good. Um. So yeah, welcome everybody to Chaos Traveler. I'm your host, Jonathan Gilchrist. And that guy over there, the DJ Mad- Madman. <laughs> the Madman of music himself, DJ Madman. It's like this uh, particular part of our podcast family is kind of built for you. So here we go. Kind of. So yeah, today, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if it's going to be released as one episode or if I'm going to release... The Simpsons part, and then this part, like on different days, I haven't decided yet. But today we're going to be doing um, Hurt by uh, Johnny Cash, which is a tie-in to an episode of The Simpsons that you and I did um, a while ago at this point, but it's going to come out around <laughs> the same time, because they kind of link together. So, yeah, so there we go. Um, yeah, we just watched the video, and uh, yeah, just like we always do, or just like this show always does i think we'll just start reading the lyrics and talk about them well i just want to point out too because it's weird with the whole one year anniversary to tie in to like yeah. a small theme of the simpsons episode yeah. uh, believe it or not i don't think i've watched this music video from beginning to end How? until today so yeah, what this will come out before that but just so you guys know we have a big thing coming up on the 30th we just recorded it's an awesome episode it's all three of us which is rare as hell as you know but how the hell did you never see this music video you I, the guy that's seen I everything honestly ever? i don't know like i was watching it and i had to like almost like half do a double i'm like wait a minute like i think i've listened to this so many times i don't know i think the way it came in right. i didn't want to look at the visuals as much so like because i was looking at the visuals this time i was like i don't know if i've ever watched like physically put my eyes and watched the the the, the video i think i've wa- right. I listened to it as i was doing other things right and the video is like like i love the song i listen to it all the time not through pandora but the video just adds such a great layer to the song when mm-hmm. you've got the like this, the vintage footage of him when he was younger and just all the stuff that is juxtaposed and all the stuff he's doing in what was modern time mm-hmm. at the point, you know? Yeah, it just adds so much to the song itself. I mean, that's yeah, one of the reasons it's my favorite song. Like, I just, I can't believe you never actually sat down and watched it and paid attention. <laughs> how dare I? Yeah, how dare you? Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just start reading the thing. Um, I don't know if I'm just going to read through the whole thing or if I'm going to start and stop, uh, but I'll just, we'll start at the beginning. So it starts, I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. I focus on the pain, the only thing that's real. The needle tears a hole, the old familiar sting. Try to kill it all away, but I remember everything. So right off the bat, I feel like this is obvious, but maybe it's not. 
that's got to be about heroin, right? Well, so that the original person that wrote it, yes. But okay. the interesting thing with all poetry and stuff is like for him, that could be taken differently because I don't know what his total drug history was. I don't know if heroin was one of his like, like his bags. I don't, I don't remember ever hearing any stories about Johnny like getting into drugs like that. Um, but I don't know if, if he didn't, he knew definitely knew people that did. Like, so it's not, uh, wouldn't be outside the realm. And he definitely sings it in a way that doesn't make it feel less authentic mm-hmm. to him, if that makes sense. So it does. Yeah. Good job. Keep going. All right. Um, what have I become? My sweetest friend. Everyone I know goes away in the end. And you could have it all. My empire of dirt. I will let you down. I will make you hurt. And if the first line doesn't 100% feel like Johnny Cash, the way he sings that line, completely, mm-hmm. like especially because of his age, it's just like, oh my God, his whole life is kind of encapsulated in that moment. Um, I think in that line in the music video, that's where you see a picture of his wife who, when that music video was made, had just passed away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it just it hits so much differently the idea of hearing a guy, I think it was in his 70s at that point, who, you know, clearly most of his life was behind him singing that part of the song. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. It just, it always gets me every time I see that part of the video. Like, it makes me tear up, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, and also, because Johnny Cash is a very, like, I don't know how religious he really was, but a lot of his music does have religious mm-hmm. overtones. Um, uh, like uh, I'm trying to think what the other song is uh, The Man Comes Around uh, that's a good one that sort of, and it's on this almost on the same he had album. an entire gospel recording uh, recorded album so yes man yeah so no he like the fact that um, he's talking about his empire of dirt mm-hmm. really speaks to his like you know relationship with Jesus which despite my personal opinions whatever they might be um, you know I I really feel I really believe that he, you know, believes. That makes sense. One second. Hold on, buddy. I just have a check my door. To to add to this and distract the viewers, because that's what they are, um, I always somehow caught, I don't know why, but the line Empire of Dirt always caught me. Um, it just, it, it's a good visual, and I think it's so, like, pun intended, mundane, um, that it just kind of, it, it brings another kind of level again to that song of what he's trying to say, what he's trying to bring into it is like, you know, it's, it's not like a, you should feel bad for me, you know, like, what was me feeling? That's not what the song is trying to, you know, uh, have people tap into. And I think the same way he does and somehow same thing too, because I know Trent Reznor said it like that he does a better way of making that a relatable experience with his context, with his sound, with his history. I remember, I think there was a bit that Trent Reznor actually, like when they interviewed him about it said, like, I wrote this song so that Johnny Cash could, could sing it. But the other thing that was weird is I don't remember in the video, and that's like when I said I haven't watched the video before, all of the images of the other Carter members of June, I think of his daughter, 
I don't remember that at all. And I'm like, how did I miss that? Um, that's why I'm like, I think it hit, it hit me on such a deep level right. that I just wanted to listen to it. I didn't want like the music video to take some part out of it. I don't know if like when I first like heard this song, what kind of emotional state I was in right. because apparently I didn't like just watch the video. Like, I think that's also kind of goes back to like how I, I usually go into music and I think it's a generational thing. It's like music videos or a whole other animal to me. So right. sometimes I love the music videos because it adds to the thing. But if I had never seen it, sometimes it like changes the entire how I feel about that song. Like, right. um, I can't think of specific examples because I'm really good at that. But this is definitely one of the ones where like, I didn't put a lot of stock into like, what what's the depth and meaning behind the visual effects. I was more about the pure the sound, the vocals, the feeling of it. But then also I have something to look up because I want to know in that video, he has a signed guitar and I want to know whose signed guitar that is. But that can be an anecdote for later. But that was one of the very first, and that's the stupid thing. That's one of the very first things that I noticed when I started watching it this time was <laughs> he has his own guitar and it's signed by somebody. And I wanted to like immediately like pause it and zoom in. I'm like, oh, right, yeah, I can't do that. Plus also it's YouTube. Um, so that, but there's my three, four, five, six, seven cents. Right. Then it all makes uh, sense to me. I was, um, I really did notice though. I did really notice his daughter, but that's because I remember, um, a commercial that they did not long after he died where mm -hmm. she talks about how he had diabetes and it made him go blind. So like when I see her, I'm like, that's what goes into my head, which adds to the song actually, when you think about it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, just actually, I need one second. Um, so instead of like just putting on you, what I'm going to do is we'll just pause here for a minute and we'll come back and we'll finish up the song, okay? So finish recording technically? Yeah, I'm going to pause it. I'm going to stop the recording. I'll send you another. Right, I'll, so I'll let you do it. And when you end, up. I'll do it. Okay. No problem. Okay, sorry. We're back uh, going again. Here we are. Yep. All right, so um, yeah, sorry about the interruption. Just life happening, as it always does. And um, yeah, I guess we can pick up where we left off. I think we got through the second. Empire of Dirt. Yeah. Yep. All right, so next one again, going back to Jesus. I wear the crown of thorns upon my liar's chair, full of broken thoughts I cannot repair. Beneath the stains of time, the feelings disappear. You are someone else. I am still right here. Um, yeah. I'm, God, this song's so good. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to think of like one of the things that I really like about this song is the is the piano in it. Mm -hmm. um, because as you listen to it, I don't think it's quite here yet, but it, it builds the entire song. Yes. If you listen to it, the piano gets louder and louder the point where um, Johnny's almost having to yell over it. Mm -hmm. And it kind of reminds me of like the um, the way life is basically, the way life feels sometimes where it just, you, you know, you start to feel overwhelmed mm -hmm. as you go along. Um, but, I don't know. Um, I, just take a look here. Okay, the song's almost over, so what I'll do is I'll just finish up the song and then we can just get into more detail. Um, 
So what have I become? My sweetest friend. Everyone I know goes away in the end. And you could have it all, my empire dirt. I will let you down. I will make you hurt. If I could start again a million miles away, I would keep myself. I would find a way. So, um, I, one thing I did want to mention about this song, because it's something you told me a while ago, like years ago, is that when, I guess it would be uh, Trent Reznor heard Johnny Cash's version, he basically just gave up the song and said, nope, that's the way it was supposed to be performed. Because Johnny just did such a good job. I don't know if there's any more to that story. but that's Yeah, so uh, because technology was there, see, this is the positive, I was able to look some stuff up. And I have some other interesting information and stuff about that. Um, so one, yeah, because I know originally when uh, the recording of the the cover was suggested, he was really, really hesitant. He thought right. it was going to be gimmicky because it was a country guy. And he was actually um, in a recording studio with the singer from Rage Against the Machine. And that when they watched the music video, basically, like, he just, like couldn't he didn't have anything to say like all of his doubts were gone um and i know one of the quotes he said is like he he felt like he lost his girl a girlfriend because you know when he writes a song it's his it's his own and now it's like in a whole nother place right yeah no it's i i don't even think i've ever heard trent Reznor's version of the song to be honest with you rick and morty so yes you have okay yeah i have heard it then i didn't realize that was his version was saying and think about it but yeah <laughs> but no even even having heard it i didn't even register it was a different version because i'm so used to the johnny cash version if that mm. makes sense that's partly just because i don't have a great ear for music oh so. see, mine was the exact opposite i'm like wait this is the original because like i've never heard i think that first time i think again the first time watching the season finale of whatever rick and morty that was mm-hmm. that was my first time actually hearing that full song by nine inch nails Right. Yeah. Um, but it's another just, weird fact because yeah, I learned too is now I want to look comparing the two music videos. He replaced one of the lines that Trent Reznor had that had a cuss word with the um, um, with the Crown of Thorns reference. So that ties back into your earlier comment of Tim, you know, always having an important kind of religious undertone. Right. He literally felt was important to get rid of the swear word and replace it with um, his tie to how he felt about you know his religion and his, his life. So what was the like the original line? Just oh, you're gonna make me look it up. I don't know. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the word is shit because I think the when I same thing when I heard the one from Rick and Morty, it threw me because I'm first because that was the first time like sort of like you, I was so used to the Johnny Cash one. I was like, that's not the lyric. I'm like, oh, yeah, duh, it's a different version, you fool. Um, right. Because, like, I think there's part of it, but, like, it's that the cuss word I'm pretty sure is shit. Because um, right. that sounds right in the tone, the tone with the song. Um, but. Yeah. So I, Johnny Cash, for me, um, has a special place in my musical upbringing, kind of. Same, bro. It's not something I really grew up with, but it was something that I became aware of not long before she passed away that my mom listened to. Mm-hmm. And so not long after she passed away is when I kind of discovered Hurt and I discovered um, a lot of the like the, the 
older, not the older, but the newer albums and mm-hmm. discovered that I like them. So it was a connection to my mom to begin with. Mm-hmm. But then even listening to some of his older stuff, something that I kind of carry with me, even as we do these shows, is there's a really fun version of You Are My Sunshine that he did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at the end, it's like it's like the mic is left on while he's still recording. And I think somebody says, like, do you want to record like another like line? And he's like, well, I feel like my song has been sung. And I always feel like when it's done, it's done. And that's sort of how I approach these podcasts. It's like, I could stretch these out if, if I really tried to longer episodes. Like when we do The Simpsons, sometimes they're like 20 mm-hmm. minutes long. But when our song is sung, I pretty, like I always have that in the back of my head. It's like when it's done, it's done. So, I don't know, that's just two weird ways that Johnny Cash kind of uh, informed to tie, to tie Slipknot into this for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. But um, Sean Crahan, who is an artist himself, talks about that too. Yeah, like, you can only stretch the medium so far. If you stretch yeah. the medium at a point, you're just going to create a hole, and it's not going to be art anymore. It's going to be shit. It's going to be broken or done. Um, right. So, yeah, like it, it goes back to, you know, there's there's so much you can do and that goes back to like especially in our culture and time frame is like there's only so much you can do with that that was one of the things that i like respected about um the the people who wrote gravity falls because the plot is specifically about two kids in one summertime they were very adamant even though disney was like trying to throw all this money in them they're like no it's going to be two seasons because that's realistic for kids in one summer with their grandpa like well with their grant with their uh granduncle or something uncle I, really do, yeah. I do think that that's, that is true about a lot, a lot of um, media right now. And the first time I remember it really happening in this country, because I think it was always kind of a, a philosophy in Britain, but in this country it was like Breaking Bad, where mm-hmm. they had the five seasons and they, like, no matter how much money they threw at them, they were like, nope, these are going to be the five seasons. And I think it makes the art better when you don't try and stretch it you just like tell your story and then you're done you don't or, um, for no reason because you know? another kind of random tie-in here that fits is like you had me get obsessed with wtf podcast one of the interviews the most one of the more recent interviews that i had mark Marin interviewed ah oh, crap gustavo no 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 his real name um the guy who plays gus it's yeah. terrible. I don't know but his real name either. But yeah, I do I know his real name because it's like it's important for people to, to pronounce it right because a lot of everyone pronounces it wrong. But he's super famous now, and basically his whole thing is like he's a pretty professional actor, mm-hmm. and even though he does that Gus role well, he does not want to like basically beat a dead horse. Like he does right. not want to have that character in 16 shows. Like, cause even too, he had said for Moff Gideon, the, for the Mandalorian thing, he's like, there were, were small, small elements where people were like, Oh, it's just, you know, Gus. And he's like, no, this needs to be different yeah. from Gus. Cause he's now, like, I, I don't want to be that, a carbon but... copy of myself. Yeah. No, I was about to say that. Cause like, that's obviously his, ne- as far as I'm concerned, his next biggest role. And, that really isn't the same character at all. Like there's a lot more um, Gus was very emotionless and just very clinical. And the character in the Mandalorian is not emotionless. Mm-hmm. Like you see him afraid. You see him angry. You, you know what I mean? You see him gloating. He's very just, I think part of the, the reason people might think that is because he's part of a bureaucracy or what's left of the bureaucracy of the empire that's not his 
personality when he's actually dealing with people mm-hmm. in that in that show. And I think I understand the idea of not wanting to be typecast. And I think he did a good job, as far as I'm concerned, at least. So, um, let's see here. So, as far as the, um, oh, actually, before I move on, I wanted to say something because you brought up Slipknot, and I had this um, thought, and I'm going to basically tell you that this is the challenge. The next time we record this, it's going to be a Slipknot song. I don't, it's going to be your decision which one we do, but just <sighs> start thinking about that because the next time we do this, I, I think it's time to do a Slipknot song. I know you said you want to start with one specifically, but if you want to do a different one, I don't really care. I'll do whichever one you want, but just keep, you know, have that thought in your head and everybody stay tuned for that at some point in the future. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so side note, because I'm to that too, like the Slipknot anniversary of Slipknot Slipknotness is in September. So if we could do it around that time frame, that'd be good. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But yeah, I just, I had that thought to, the other day. I'm like, I feel like it's a good thing to, let, let's just challenge him here to finally do a Slipknot song um, we'll on this there. show. Um, um, but the, the, so, cause the other thing too, I know for anecdote is yeah. what kind of also brings a little more breath and then even kind of tying t- towards like, you know, you had uh, like more of like a, a re admiration kind of tie in, um, with Johnny cash is for the, for the music video, both him mm-hmm. and his wife were in it. She died three months later and he yeah. died seven months after that. Yeah, I know it was really close together that when they both passed away. Um, and I, again, I I think part of it is literally just the fact that at that point in his life, he had been everywhere. Mm-hmm. He had done everything. <laughs> so when, <laughs> I've been everywhere, got it. Um, <laughs> that's a different song. No, I'm just going to hear Johnny Cash all night long. <laughs> but I think it makes a big difference. And I've said that before, but the, the last line, if I could start again a million miles away, I would keep myself, I would find a way. That really is a next level thing when you're talking about somebody that's literally months away from the end of his life at that mm-hmm. point. Just, I, I don't know. For me to say that at my age just is completely different than saying it at his age. And it reminds me, um, it just, it reminds me of the mindset of that other song. Um, what the hell? Oh, I can't remember what it is. Another Johnny Cash song? No, um, Louis Armstrong, the song we've talked about before. Oh, Wonderful World. Wonderful World. It reminds me of that mindset, but almost the opposite of the coin. Instead of being resigned, but kind of happy, um, at peace with what's about to happen. It's sort of like lingering. Um, yeah, lingering, um, hope, wishing, grasping. Yeah, grasping. That's a good word. Grasping, but it's it's much more what I think. If when I get to that point in my life, which I'm hoping by that point is a different experience, but that's my own personal belief and hope. Um, I'm. For anybody that doesn't know, I'm a big fan of the singularity idea where my brain will become part of the computer. But but if I get to my part of life and that's not a possibility, I feel like I'd be much closer to that, like just looking back and just wishing I could start again and, you know, not being peaceful and resigned to what's That's not a very happening. comfortable DJ Madman thought at all. 
you can have your <laughs> you can have your thought about existence in life. Um, but one of the things I did want to point out too, because I think you were saying the same thing. Like, I know that music video, whatever, kind of like revitalized part of his career because yeah. like the last few albums that he put out, and I remember like that also revitalized Johnny Cash for me. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was like around that time frame because I remember like it was just like, of course, my parents being way like beyond beyond everything. My parents actually watched Walk the Line, and then that led me, my dad, who buys like nothing down a tiny little kick but for him it was huge he bought like like steelbook cd cases of johnny cash songs so like and i'm like oh you like johnny cash because i think too right he was like the first like pivotal like another person when it goes back to rock and roll and breaking out from that like he was a rebel he was one of the ones that like definitively kind of crossed where generations were like in some way um, the guy who smokes weed all the time, uh, Willie Nelson, Willie Nelson. Yeah. was that way, but in a, in a, in a less aggressive kind of sense or darker right. sense. But they both were. Uh, uh, there's a term for it, trailblazers, literally, and I hate using that, but they were. Um, and, and like it's kind of like another attachment too. Like the people that truly like Johnny Cash, it, the genre part does not matter. It's, it's because the music is unique to him and like it, it can identify through things. And I think that's one of the things that helped is like, I know for me, I'm not a big country fan, but like when you go older, older country, some older country I do like, and that's partly what Johnny Cash like allowed me to kind of go into right. is that style. Um, <clears throat> but the same way too. And I remember even like when those, when that song came out, it was like a rebirth of that. Cause like I went and like, right deep dived into youtube and i remember even too i don't know if you've ever seen it or maybe you showed it to me because there was a video of the movie angels with dirty faces mm-hmm. with this song or another one of, no it's um another one of the songs that was close to this time frame that i really really like that i can't pinpoint right now and like if you haven't seen it you would definitely like it and like it made yeah. me want to watch that movie and i've never wanted to watch that was also like me getting kind of older as like film stuff is like you know, some black and white movies, I'm like, eh, no. But, like, after seeing that music video, I'm like, I definitely want to watch this. Like, and also understanding what, like, my educational background and stuff. Like, yes, learning about prisoners in prison, how they feel and treat life. And that fits with, like, the Johnny Cash kind of mentality. Um, right. So, like, that kind of, I don't know why, but anytime I hear that song, now there's, like, certain images or things that come up. And I always go back to that same thing of, like, that. The, the video that I saw that was like a, a yeah. transposed of Angels with Dirty Faces and another one of his songs that I will figure out what it is right. from that similar time frame when that album was released. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, um, as far as like him and Willie Nelson, it, it reminds me almost instantly of the song Highwaymen, which hmm. I think in a very real way kind of shows shows Johnny Cash in the light that I think I've come to understand him. Because like you talked about his career being revitalized about this time just before he died. I think that's because he was always ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. I think he literally lived just long enough to see the time period where he was sort of born to be in. And that's where we got those albums. <laughs> and in that song, Highwayman, he plays the last part, which is the spirit of the same person in the future on a like on a spaceship 
and it becomes very um, psychedelic, very much less grounded than the other lyrics. Eventually, we'll probably do an episode of this on that song because I love it so much. <laughs> but I think the reason, I don't know if they thought this through, I don't know if it was just random, but for me, the symbolism is that Johnny Cash is the guy that was out of time. He was so, he was beyond where they were in the music world at that point. And he, and he got to get, he got to the point where he was, where he should have always been. But at that point he had like, you know, about a year left to live. So that's why we all got those albums. If he was still alive today or if he'd been a younger man, I have no doubt that he'd still be making awesome albums that people would love. So I definitely understand that. And I do want like one part commentary of kind of what you're saying is like, that also kind of justifies the idea how like really famous artists aren't really recognized until they're dead. Like (laughs) same kind of thing with him is what you're saying. Like he was so ahead of his time. People weren't really appreciating it for part of it. So like, that's like, you know, the whole artist painting, like people always say like, you know, the most famous artist, no one gives a crap while they're alive. After they die, people all of a sudden realize it. So part of it's just like a weird, like time frame. But I know what I will say it, even in a, in a, in a parody sense, the movie Walk Hard does just as good of a job as it kind of saying what you're saying is kind of in a comical sense, but still in a storytelling way of showing that he was, you know, beyond his time, people didn't understand him. They make it comedic and slapstick, but it was still like, there were times too, it was like shock and awe. And there people were like, you know, like, oh, their music is blasphemous. And it's just like, now it makes no sense. But like in the context of a time, or even to like the musical progressions that he got through of like what he was able to do with his guitar. And I know even too, I talk about with my parents or when I listen to it, just how hard of a baseline, nothing from that time frame besides Johnny Cash. Like that's one of the things you can tell is there is a steady, consistent, and it's like mostly like basses just were not used as anything besides like essentially rhythm or to add to, but like there is such a thick, consistent baseline of almost any Johnny Cash song. And that kind of like rebirthed, like, hey, the bass is an instrument and people can do things with it, even though that sounds insulting. Kind of, right. that was also true. Yeah. And then he, also just the message of his songs, like in a much earlier song, The Man in Black. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what it's called. But it's the, it's a, basically a song where he talks about why he always wears black. And it, they, the, it boils down to that he um, identifies with the downtrodden and he won't wear color while there's injustice in the world. And for the time period he was writing, hmm. that's pretty far out there, you know, political mm-hmm. ideology, especially for a country music song. And yeah, it's just, I just, yeah, again, I just, I think that's where, uh, I think that's why his songs resonate. And I think that's why, um, yeah, everybody really fell in love with this version of this song. So, um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, I feel pretty good about this episode. Is there anything else you want to add about this one before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, I mean, no, you're definitely making me think about listening to more Johnny Cash. <laughs> I will figure out what that, that, that Angels with Dirty Faces thing was. Ooh, I will say a random shout-out, and I wish I could remember the thing. There was this whole cool project, and, like, if I can find it, I will tell you, because, like, you would basically love it basically because of this song's kind of popularity or how it touched people Mm -hmm. there was a visual medium video artist 
that got people to put individual drawings or sketches of, you know, what they felt or experienced through, like, you know, if it was just like the, the album cover and they, you know, uh, fade with a pencil, but it's in milliseconds. So they got like 200, they got like, I don't know, they got like close to a million, like, like submissions and right. they put it to the song so that you can see like everyone's individual and somehow it still kind of like flows and works. Like you can still see weird feelings of pain and death and like hope and hopelessness and every like all like everything for that song. And I wish I could remember it was not a Ted talk or something, but it was a really, really cool. So if I ever find it, I will let you know, Okay. but it, it was like this. And it's only obviously too. the video is only like, you know, three or four minutes long. So it's a lot of overwhelmingness for the eyes. It's definitely one of those things like Inception. You want to watch it, take it in the first time, take, have a cup of tea, walk away, walk your dog, forget about it for a week and then come back to it. Right. But it's, it's awesome. And that was another thing that like, I think around that same time frame, I could look at because it, it was like 2003 or whatever, I think was when, no, uh, I haven't figured out the timeline, but like, it was not that long after like that song somehow just like touched a vein for so many people that it created all these other opportunities. All right. Yeah, no, let's, I, if you ever find it, let me know. And, um, yeah, so I think we're good with this. Um, I don't know. This will be sometime in July when this will come out. Uh, I think I've decided I want to try. I've never done this before, but I'm going to release this. This will come out on a Sunday because these are that's when we do Chaos Traveler. So I think on the same Sunday, we will also have released a bonus episode um, of The Simpsons. Um, I can't remember what the name of the episode is because all I can remember is Space Coyote. It's the episode where Johnny Cash actually guest stars on The Simpsons. <laughs> so I, that's why I want to do the song. It's a companion oh, okay. piece to that. Gotcha. So that's what's going to happen. Um, whatever Sunday I put this out, there will also be an episode about The Simpsons. And that's why they're coming out together. So enjoy both. And um, yeah, um, as far as like what else will be happening, as I always say, because it's literally the only thing I know for sure. Um, whatever day this comes out, the Monday right after it, we're going to be watching some Star Trek. So come join us watching that. Uh, I can't even say any more of what we're going to be watching as far as series, because uh, Artie Weiss and I have decided that we're going to, once we're done with this season of Deep Space Nine season two, we're going to start switching back and forth between Voyager and Deep Space Nine. So hmm. if we're that far ahead, that's where we'll be. But I don't think it'll get that way in July yet. I think we're still too, like, I think it'll be about two months. So probably sometime in August, maybe early September. So, <laughs> And then um, with the whole traveler theme and that too, I don't know why, like, I will tell you what it is when I remember, but I have another song idea for one of the next songs we should do. But do I know what the name of the song is or I can give you that specific information? No, I can give you that it is the intro for a specific movie. So I can figure it out, but I can't tell you what it is now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I'm cool with any kind of songs. And like I said, just start thinking about that Slipknot song because now I've promised it to the people. So uh, well, I promised it to the people, but my, my important thing is like Slipknot Day, which is the anniversary of like their existence and stuff like that, is in September. So if we yeah. could do it around September, that would be pretty dope. Did they do like? Did they do that on purpose, knowing they would have nine members and nine would be a big thing, so, or that just randomly happened? Well, so kind of like you know me, like so no, not originally, but like the reason why they picked certain numbers and why nine was important to them 
does go back to their origin. All right, just so curious. All right, so you know, join us for that. And uh, thanks to Eric Bowman for our theme song. Ooh. And um, yeah, keep listening and tell people about us. Stay crazy out there. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs>